Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. We are finally at the end of this majestic journey that you call Training Camp. Last practice open to the public today at 1.55. The Steelers will do a walkthrough before leaving for Jacksonville tomorrow. So just two more days for the Steelers on campus labs. And lo and behold, as we wind things down, a fourth quarterback has emerged and injected himself into this quarterback battle. Chris Olodokin got his first live action yesterday in practice, and he's got to be right there with Kenny, with Mason, with Mitch, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, he looked yeah. great. Why not? Three, three's company, four's a party. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it, I, I, I will give him credit for this. Chris Oladokun. I mean, he has not been anything but uh, a team guy throughout this. I mean, he hasn't chafed about his situation. Uh, uh, you know, he could have, there are ways that he could have made this uncomfortable maybe, um, but he never did. And, um, you know, I, I hope for nothing for the best for him. I mean, I have no idea what that's going to be. I really don't. Uh, there's so many rumors floating around. There's so many things that could happen between now and August 30th when the rosters are cut. And then, you know, the next day is pre- sign and practice squad guys and how that shakes out, not only here with the Steelers, but league-wide. I, I, there's no way of knowing or predicting. So uh, I just, you know, I, I do think that, Chris Oladokun deserves um, some credit uh, for being a professional, even though he's he's very very young yeah. in that um, endeavor. So, um, I, as I said, I, I nothing but the best for him. You can apply that praise for every quarterback, really, in this quarterback room. You know, Mason's been the utmost professional through this process. Can't be easy for him, uh, Mitch. Super professional, helping all the quarterbacks out despite, you know, hey, you went out and signed me, and then a couple weeks later you picked a guy in the first round. So I think you can apply that to every single one in that room. They've been a very professional unit through this whole endeavor. Yeah, I I cannot disagree with that. And each one, I think, um, has faced their own unique challenges uh, in that respect. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett has been uh, very level-headed, I believe, uh, he is um, 
he engages with the fans. I mean, he doesn't think that, you know, he's all that. Um, Good point. And, yeah. You know, so there, there's that. I mean, you mentioned Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, because that kind of surprised me too. I didn't know that, I didn't think that it was, uh, I won't say likely, but probable that, you know, you sign a guy like him and then you draft a quarterback uh, 20th. But, um, you know, that's the way things shake out sometimes. I think Mitch Trubisky having the um, most extensive professional resume of the quarterbacks on the depth chart at this point, uh, he can certainly understand, you know, the business aspects, the business side uh, of the NFL. And so um, while he may have the experience to give him that perspective, I still think that it's worth uh, praising him for the fact that he has, in fact, uh, maintained that perspective. Uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, his situation is difficult. I mean, I I feel for the guy because, you know, I don't don't think that he deserves some of the scorn from the, you know, the public that he has been getting. No question. Either on social media, the booing at at, at, uh, Acrisure Field. Yeah, I mean that that's just I mean that wasn't necessary yeah. and let's let's be honest. Um the guy beat Dan Moore. It's not Mason Rudolph's fault. <laughs> exactly. That, you know, you're left half kind of anybody. Well, and, we and not even anybody, that. I mean, yeah. they, not for that, you know. Right. I'm not saying fans aren't allowed to boo, but it was one bad play. I think <laughs> that you know, you look at the game, the Steelers scored 32 points. Um <laughs> Yeah. The offense rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, you know, let's. It's a preseason game for goodness sakes, people. You know, get get a grip. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand the vitriol being directed at Mason Rudolph, um, and um, you know, we. So that's, and then we've already talked about Chris Oladokun. So yeah, I uh, kudos to the quarterbacks for handling this. I think that the process, I won't say it, it has gone seamlessly. Uh, in terms of uh, the the uh, competition, how it was constructed, how it was executed, um, but I mean, I, I, all things considered, uh, it, it's about as good as it's ever going to get when you're dealing yep. with elements like weather, you know, and that kind of stuff and um, injuries. So anyway, um, yeah, hats off to those guys for handling it. I believe about as well as it could be handled. And, you know, now you move on from here. Let's stick with Kenny Pickett for a bit here. Uh, I was reading your practice report last night, as I always do when I tuck myself into bed. It's the last thing I I look at when I close my eyes. So then my dreams will have ideas of the show the next day. Exactly. Yeah, either that or it puts you to sleep. (laughs) No, no. You have to read it three or four times before that happens. It's so exciting and and enthralling. (laughs) But you mentioned in your lead, this is shaping up to be a pretty big week for Kenny Pickett, and he keeps getting trotted out there after Mitch with the twos. Happened again yesterday. Uh, We'll hear from Coach Tomlin in a second, but he mentioned, you know, that's just part of getting him preparation for what's coming in Saturday's stadium experience against Jacksonville, where he's going to get more varsity minutes for them to really evaluate him. Yeah, I mean, and that's part, but that's part of the uh, Mike Tomlin process. You know, he, um, the depth chart, you know, as we've, we've hashed this out uh, over and over again, the initial camp depth chart is done because the NFL mandates <laughs> to, that yeah. one of those be done. And, you know, as we've seen, the depth chart is pretty much, um, 
you know, a recitation of guys' experience mm -hmm. or their current, their previous, you know, standing with the team. You know, if you were a starter last year and weren't awful and didn't get cut or leave as a free agent, you're probably going to be penciled in at the same spot um, this year, even though that doesn't necessarily mean that when the games start to count that you're going to be, still be in that spot as a starter. So, um, but, and how then the rest of it falls in line a lot of times with experience in the league or your draft position or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but the way Mike Tomlin does it is then he views that, you know, there's usually a fourth team, sometime a fifth team in terms of how many numbers there are at different positions. And, you know, the fourth, fifth guys, even the third guys a little bit often are referred to as junior varsity. So when you do well on the junior varsity, you get to move up to the varsity. And then, you know, you see if you can maintain that level of performance uh, to stay there. And so, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, I think it's a combination of things. Um, he has he has done well, I believe. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put him in the Ben Roethlisberger category. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to put him in the, you know, he's the next Dan Marino or yeah. any of that stuff either because we've talked about that. That is not fair to him. Right. Um, but he has done well. And so I think he has shown that uh, he deserves uh, a little shot here to see what he can do against more varsity-type competition. And, you know, for him, it's going to be sink or swim. And this is, uh, I believe, uh, the way Mike Tomlin wanted to do this from the beginning because, as he said, and we talked about this last week, you know, the quarterback competition is not something that's going to be, be decided by him. The players are going to decide it by their performance. And so to make the decision, you have to give Kenny Pickett some varsity opportunity. And he can, he can either – uh, do well with it and show that he belongs at, at or near the top of the depth chart, or he can not do so well and show that, well, maybe, you know, third is where he's supposed to be, at least in the start of this regular season. So, you know, again, that's what um, is going to make Saturday night at 7 o'clock so, uh, so compelling. And I also think that that's the way to conduct something like this to maintain um, the respect of the locker room because uh, nothing, players know. You know, if, yeah. if Kenny Pickett goes out hypothetically and lights it up, they're, the players that are out there will know that. If he does not, they will know that too. And so then you make your decision based on what everyone has seen, and it's, it's easy to accept a decision like that. So, um, you know, here we go. You know, 7 o'clock Saturday night, buckle it up. You've said multiple times on this very award-winning program the past couple of weeks, though, <laughs> it's not just enough for one quarterback like Kenny to play really well to ascend up a depth chart. Oftentimes you need the guy in front of him to play a little below the line. That just hasn't happened with Mason. You said yesterday, yeah, Kenny ran with the twos, but Mason was pretty much matching him throw for throw. Uh, uh, the only thing that you actually noted as a difference between the two was a couple of uh, questionable exchanges between the center and quarterback Mason Rudolph uh, that didn't go as planned. But like you said, who knows where the fault lies on that? It could be at the center. It could be at the quarterback. Video review and the coaching staff will decide that. But 
man, it, it's not a, a case of Kenny looks great and, you know, it's time to move him up because Rudolph just keeps holding him off. You cannot demote the guy. Well, yeah, I mean, but unless, um, you know, Pickett shows on Saturday night that, um, you know, he deserves to play varsity. And if he does do that, you know, you combine that in that instance with um, the fact that you spent the 20th overall pick in the draft on the guy. Mm-hmm. And it was 20th, wasn't it? It was I'm 20th, yep. That. No, you're spot okay, on, thank you. as always. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a long time up here at camp breathing this dormitory <laughs> air. I didn't know if my brain was starting to fog. Um, but anyway, you know, you, you picked him for a reason. If he's going to show that, um, you know, he's living up to um, that expectation slash promise, you know, then it's that's that's the way life in the NFL. I mean, it just is. So, um, you know, Mason Rudolph might at, at no point lose his spot um, by his performance, but he still may get passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's life in the big city. So, um, you know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell you uh, in terms of that. I mean, yes, that, that's something that I had come to believe. I still believe that that if you're looking for, you know, a change on a depth chart situation, um, the it has to be helped. It's a it's a two way. Usually, it's a two way answer yep. to the question. This guy is doing well, and this guy is not. So you switch them. Um, sometimes, though, uh, there may be an instance where neither guy messes up and you're just picking picking based on which one you think is better and has a, a brighter future or which one you think is better and you've invested in more or you know there, there's other there's other elements to it so you know again i think that this jacksonville game yeah. is gonna yeah. go a long way to solving this and you know we saw it last year remember with dwayne haskins everybody wanted to see him get a chance get a chance get a chance they gave him the chance in the preseason finale against Carolina, and um, he didn't do very well. No. And so then his he kind of um, sealed his own fate uh, with that performance, and really you never heard much about it after that. I mean, there was never any, um, you know, let's see what Haskins can do movement brewing in right. the dark corners right. of Steelers Nation. Uh, you, you saw he got a chance. You saw what he did. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he's never going to be anything, but for right now, and it's it's the league. The league is a right now business. For right now, it wasn't his time. So um, you know, there's another situation similar to that, with different people and different stakes, uh, going to happen on uh, Saturday night in Jacksonville, or at least round one of that. I mean, who knows whether right. that's going to be the be all end all, and then it's done. Yeah. Or maybe that's just another step in the process. Lots of anticipation surrounding Saturday night's game in Jacksonville. Coach Tomlin spoke to the media following practice yesterday. Gave a little look ahead into the Jacksonville game. Let's take a listen to what Coach had to say. Another good day today. Um, working card units um, in preparation for Jacksonville. We think that's appropriate. We're excited about taking the next step in development. A little bit more game planning. Uh, going on the road. Being in some of the environmental challenges associated with that. Uh, Jacksonville has been in one additional stadium, and so they're, they're a week, you know, further down the line in terms of collective maturity or development, and and that's exciting. Uh, we look forward to measuring ourselves against that and them 
in that environment. And, and that's probably our mentality as we lean in on the rest of the week, um, starting to prepare for, for that and provide more detail uh, and depth to our planning. And so uh, from that perspective, it was a good day. We got more work ahead of us tonight uh, in the classroom, and we'll continue to do similar things tomorrow. Um, from a health standpoint, Loudermilk um, wasn't able to finish with a, with a rib injury of some kind uh, that's being evaluated. Um, no steps backwards for the people that are working um, in an increased manner in an effort to get back to us. And, and so we're excited about that trajectory. We're going to need all hands on deck this weekend um, in Jacksonville. I'll pause for questions. Mike, you've seen Kenny take reps with the twos for a couple days now. What do you like about his development this week? You know, it's preparation more than anything. Um, he's going to get some reps and more varsity-like action in this game in an effort to get to know him and see how he fares and what he's doing out here is just preparing for it. What do you think of Chris and his work on the scout team today? Chris? Oladokun. Uh, he did some good things. Um, you know, he's been working diligently. He is locked in. Um, I appreciate his approach to business, the level of maturity that he's displaying, and it's only a matter of time before he gets more physical reps to, to show what he's capable of. Mike Jalen Warren is carrying the football around here. Happy with how he's handled this situation to take him as serious as he's taken with, with all security. They all do. That's just that's just standard operating procedure for us. Did you suggest that to him? Or is that... Every back on our, our group does that. We pass that ball around. I mean, it's that is nothing new there. Um, that's that's part of our culture. Like what you're talking about with Jacksonville uh, having you know, played in two stadiums already. And your preseason, you've got a bunch of teams that have spots to be won on their roster. A lot of guys competing hard. Did you notice that in Seattle? And how does that prime you guys for other your own players who are trying to win spots? I don't worry about the Joneses, to be honest with you. We got enough going on here in terms of taking 90 or now 85 to 53 in the, in the divisional labor within. Um, those stadium opportunities are weighted differently because we're not simulating football. It is football. And so um, we're excited about it. We're excited about the, the challenge that Jacksonville presents us. And, um, but again, it's about us. It's not about what others uh, are up to or what their agenda may be. Before Gunnar got here, he was primarily a returner. Just what has he shown you with his receiver skills so far? You know, he's, he's, he's adaptable. Um, he's versatile. He plays multiple spots. Um, he's tough. I can't say enough about his toughness that he displays, whether it's uh, related to toting the ball or, or blocking or otherwise. He's, um, he's a game guy. Mike, what's been your impression of Pat Pryor being this here so far? Pat's done a good job, man, getting on a moving train. You know, he missed some time because of injury, uh, but he's a wired-in young guy. Um, but you're still uncomfortable with young guys missing time. Um, it's reasonable to expect him to take a significant jump here in year two um, in spite of the success that he had last year um, because he's just got the knowledge and the experience associated with where he is. And so um, I expect him to continue to work hard and continue to be a guy on the rise, and I'm excited maybe what 2022 holds for him. What is Steven Sims brought here receiver you know, he's working extremely hard. Um, he's working to define a role. I don't know that I can describe it from a role perspective. Um, he's a guy that's fighting for a place or a seat on the bus. Mike, are you treating this game or the final game as your dress rehearsal? I don't know that I'm addressing this game as a dress rehearsal. We are doing more game planning as part of the evolution of development, and we'll get to next week next week. Anyone else? Coach, as you trim down the, the roster, are these decisions hard? Are they easy? Or is it just it is what it is because you have to make them? You know, from a professional standpoint, they're not very hard at the, at the early stages of it. 
from a personal standpoint, it is hard because they're men on the other end of those decisions. That's Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following yesterday's practice. Remember, today is the last practice open to the public at 155, so it's your last chance to see the Steelers at training camp today. Another reminder, Coach Tomlin will speak at 1130 for his press conference before the preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Be a little bit longer than those post-practice press conferences, and he'll probably expand a little bit more on the plan for Saturday night's game. We come back here on the training camp report. We're going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball, talk about the defensive line. Hopefully we see more of a starting unit against Jacksonville Saturday night there, and we'll also hear from Larry Ogunjobi. That's all on the way on the training camp report on SNR. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. I'm sure everybody's excited to see the quarterbacks play for their second preseason game on Saturday night, but everybody got to look at the quarterbacks in the first preseason game. One position group that no one really got a good look at was that defensive line. Who knows if we'll see them at full strength on Saturday against Jacksonville. I I think we will. That's just my hunch. Tomlin might allude a little bit more to that or or shine some more light on that uh, in today's press conference at 1130. But we really won't know for sure probably until the Jacksonville game gets started. But if you do see... Ogan, Joby, Aluallo, and maybe even number 97 out there for a, a couple snaps, a couple series. Uh, that's got to be something that you've been anticipating, everybody's really been anticipating, to see that new-look unit really get their first game-like action. Yeah, Tyson Aluallo, too. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. He's No, no, I mean, because, you know, that's uh, – he. Tyson uh, was drafted by the Jaguars in the first round. That's right. Uh, that's where he his career was kind of born, uh, and there was some belief slash uh, initiative maybe to get him back to Jacksonville mm-hmm. by the Jaguars, um, and uh, you know the Steelers weathered that storm. I think some uh, intervention by Cam Hayward and some of uh, Aluwalu's other teammates might have um, you know helped him make the decision to return to the Steelers. But, you know, whatever it is, I, I think that, um, you know, he's a he's a critical part of that unit. And you know, we've talked about this a, a, only about a thousand times since <laughs> training camp opened. You know, the Steelers were last in the NFL in run defense last year. And so, you know, that has to be, I won't say the priority, but it's certainly a priority that needs to get fixed uh, because you cannot – sustain any success 
in the NFL if your defense is last in the league right. in stopping the run. Um, so, yeah, and that I think the defensive linemen are going to be a big part of that because I do think that the that the that the defensive line in its um, injured state last year was a factor in uh, how that run defense ended up being ranked uh, come the end of the season. So, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, some names. Uh, you know, uh, Stephon Tuitt is gone. He retired. Um, Tyson Alualu is back after missing, I think, I don't know, 15 games mm-hmm. with um, that ankle injury. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I, and, and I do believe, I don't know this for sure, I'm going to have to check my uh, website later for the advanced forecast in Jacksonville, but I cannot imagine. <laughs> it's, it's hot not and sticky, be humid. that's what it is. <laughs> right, it's going to be humid, the air is going to be thick, and, you know, uh, it, the, the place was notorious for sending Jerome Bettis to his asthma inhaler. Oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, big guys often have a little bit more difficulty with that kind of climate uh, than others, and certainly people who are not used to it or living in it or working in it daily, um, I would imagine, are more uh, susceptible to the impact of that as well. So I think that when you know, whenever Mike Tomlin's talking about the challenges that are going to be posed by this second preseason game against the Jaguars, uh, he's, he's including that, whether he's saying it or not. Uh, because as I've mentioned, you know, I've been wearing a jacket up here the last few days. Yeah, right. Uh, and I, I, I never remember. I mean, you'd, sometimes I would wear a jacket when it was raining as a, you know, keep the rain off you kind of thing. But I don't ever remember being cold <laughs> up here. I was sleeping under a blanket. None of that stuff. And all that's all happened this summer. So this has been a weird summer up here weather-wise. We got the full gamut of the Latrobe experience, hot and sticky daily thunderstorms and now, you know, chilly. I never I never seriously, <laughs> I never thought I would ever say that about St. Vincent College in August. So anyway, this is a roundabout way of getting to the to the point. I think that not that their conditioning is going to be an issue on Saturday night, but the change from um, this kind of climate to that kind of climate quickly uh, is going to be is going to be an adjustment. And so, you know, we're going to have to see not only how the Steelers players react to it and respond to it, but how Mike Tomlin chooses to use them in those situations. Because, again, this is not a game that counts in the standards. Right. Well, if Tomlin decides for a series or two to throw out the big three, Hayward, Joby, and Alu-Alu at the front of the defensive line, I'm not only interested in seeing how they play together, I'm interested to see how the inside linebackers play behind them. You mentioned how, you know, it really starts with the defensive line when it comes to improving your run defense, but those inside linebackers have a pretty big, you know, hand in that pile as well. They need to pull their weight as well. So really interested to see, you know, that kind of excuse being taken away of, hey, it wasn't really the starters on the defensive line in the first preseason game. Now it might be, again, we're not going to assume anything, but it might be interested to see how Jack and Bush react behind the the big three up front. Yeah, and I'm also interested to see if, you know, this so far, I think in in camp, it's fair to say that there's been a three-man rotation going on for the two inside linebacker spots. You mentioned Miles Jack and Devin Bush, the third person involved in that situation is Robert Spillane. Now, 
Uh, all of those guys have their strengths. All of those guys, I think, uh, have some weaknesses because if they didn't, there wouldn't be three guys competing for two jobs. Or maybe it's a situation where they're just going to play three, you know, and, right. and divide it up, however, uh, either by snap count or the particular opponent or what the particular opponent likes to do offensively. You know, there's all kinds of things that, you know, could be at, at work there. Um, but yeah, and that's the other thing I, I would want to see in addition to what you just said, uh, the, the specific performance, but whether they're looking for two or are they just building this for three right from the, the ground up? Um, and you know, the, the, there's a saying in, uh, in the NFL that, and this relates specifically to your favorite topic, quarterbacks. <laughs> um, if you think you have two, you actually have none. Right. Um, because, uh, you know, any team that really has a franchise quarterback is not trying to divide playing time between that guy and anyone else. It's just even when um, San, the 49ers had Steve Young and Joe Montana, they picked one and played them. You don't play both. So, um, you know, we're going to have to see how that shakes out at inside linebacker. You know, the Devin Bush situation, um, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this too. I just don't feel comfortable identifying specific aspects of play that are either lacking or are um, coming back to where they were before. But again, I'll just go back to what I said about the quarterbacks. If, you know, Devin Bush was playing like the 10th overall pick in a draft four years ago, he would never come off the field. I mean, that was right. that was the plan. When they picked him, this guy's in all situations linebacker. He was going to be what Ryan Shazier was before that uh, tragic injury. Um, so we're going to have to find out where he is now, how he's doing now, uh, and what the Steelers plan to do with him and or about him now. One guy that Steelers fans are certainly excited to see jump out onto the field in the black and gold is Larry Ogunjobi, the recently signed defensive tackle. Uh, spent a lot of time in Cleveland and then Cincinnati the previous year. Now he's playing for his third AFC North team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he spoke to the media before practice yesterday. Let's take a listen to what Larry O had to say. Excited to be, you know, just welcoming the fold and, um, you know, getting to know those guys. You know, obviously everything takes its course, but uh, for me personally, you know, just getting to know the guys, getting a feel for them and then playing with them on the field. Everything's kind of, you know, being really cohesive right now. How has stopping the run been emphasized as a priority for Um, Obviously, they had, you know, the scenes that happened last, you know, season, but I feel like the biggest thing is, you know, we make it a big point of emphasis. You know, we do team run every day and when we're in pads and stuff like that. So, really trying to make it a point of emphasis, really build on that, really have a better, you know, run defense this year, I think is the biggest thing. Did you have a feel for this team last three, four, five years? Yeah, playing against them. So, I mean, you kind of understand why they were good for, why they've been so good for so long. You know, you know, Coach D does an amazing job of just really, you know, just rallying the guys, you know, making them understand, you know, all the aspects of football. And I feel like that's very important. Being on the inside now for a little while. Yes, sir. Kind of confirm that? Or yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. You, you see it, you know, when you're when you're not a part of it, but when you're a part of it and you see why you come to the trope and you see why, you know, the camaraderie and the team building and just what's asked of you, it, it all makes sense. You learn anything about the Steelers you didn't know? Um, yeah, but... <laughs> a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff.
Yes, so during drills, coach shouted you out. He said your name a couple times. He said, I like that. I like that. Do you remember what that was? What um, we were just doing one on one pass rush, you know, just getting back, feel for things, getting back in the fold, get back in the mix, you know. And I'm, I like to compete, so it was good to you know, get back into it. What do you think it is about your intensity that he, he was shouting you out and letting everyone else know that what you were doing is what he wants to see from you? Um, oh, winning. <laughs> you know, when you when you win your reps, when you're working your technique, uh, you know, and, and it's just the environment that we create here. You know, I was watching when I the first couple weeks when I got here, you know, because I wasn't able to practice yet, but watching how the environment, the intensity, and, and how you practice and how you perform, and being comfortable with competing, I think that's the biggest thing. You understand that we're all brothers at the end of the day, but, you know, we're on that field, we're competing, and you know, trying to be the best, and I feel like that's you know the energy that he wants us to bring every day. Does it feel like these last couple of days the intensity is as high as it's been? Yes, as for far sure. As offense and defense going against each yeah, other. Yeah, just going against each other. You know, getting a feel for you know preseason. You know, two's coming up right now, and you know you really want to. It's almost kind of like a dress rehearsal for a lot of teams. So being able to come out and start and you know play fast is really important. Do you have a sense for the need that was here for a guy like you that does what you do and? What's the level of responsibility to be impactful? Um, I feel like anytime you're given an opportunity in a, you know, a franchise like this, a team like this, you always have a responsibility. You know, he, he talks about it every day. You, you got to pay your dues to the people that came before you. And I've been watching the Steelers since I was a kid, so I understand, you know, just the level of intensity, the level of, you know, just respect and just grind that you have to put in to really make this thing work. So as a player and myself personally, I pride myself on my work ethic and my consistency in trying to be great. So. Every day I'm going to you know, bring that intensity and that, just that work ethic. Is there a certain amount of preseason game reps that you feel like you need to have before you go into week one? Do you want to be out there for a decent amount of time? Just to get back I think it just depends, really. I mean, when you, when you practice and you practice hard, I feel like there's, there's a whole bunch of different nuances to the game, but I, I feel like for each player, for everyone, I think it's, just, it's different for everybody. So. Yeah, has the physicality of these practices maybe helped with that? It seems like it's been, there's been Yeah, for sure. Days. It's good, man. Being able to, you know, tackle and hit and all that kind of stuff. I think my first practice was the first that we were in pads and we were tackling. So, you know, just being able to, you know, get back in the cold and just jump in the fire was really important. So I'm excited. Larry, you look around the AFC, a lot of teams made big moves on offense, quarterbacks, receivers. Steelers kind of went the other way a little bit, picking up you, Miles, guys like that. Can you still win with being a defensive first identity um, in 2022 in this league? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, and that's something that, you know, you got to go out there and prove. You know, you know, this team has always been built. You know, obviously, I, you know, been a whole bunch of offensive weapons, but the staple has always been defense. So, you know, I think that's just what they're trying to continue to build, continue to grow on. They had a, you know, they had a need for it last year when they came to run defense, and then, you know, they're trying to share it up. So, I feel like it's just another opportunity, you know, rise to the occasion. That's Larry Ogunjobi speaking to the media before yesterday's practice. And Labs, he seems to be well aware of the task at hand for himself. Uh, you were brought in to help improve a really bad run defense last year, and I, I think he's ready to take on that challenge. Yeah, and what Larry Ogunjobi also brings, you know, I've talked about this as well, is he will he will contribute to the pass rush. He is not simply a one-dimensional player. Right, he you don't have not to take him off the field on third and long if you don't want to. Exactly. And when the defense sees him out on the field, it cannot just assume, well, we won't run the ball. Right. We'll just tire him out with some pass rushes, which won't get anywhere from him because he can't do it. And then when they take him out, we'll run the ball. No, this is a guy who, uh, you know, he's a three-down player as a defensive lineman. And that's what you have to be in the NFL now to really be effective and really to be valuable to your team. 
I expect him to have a really big impact right away this year. Uh, I think talent-wise, he's still there. It really comes down to that Liz Frank injury and if he's going to fully recover from it. And you can tell the Steelers in the way that they've been utilizing him through this camp process. You know, they brought him along slowly. He didn't start initially when camp started. Uh, was thrown into the mix more and more and more as we've worked on. But you can tell that they're really conscious about that, too. I, I think it's clear to them, hey, this guy's still talented enough to be a premier guy on the front of our defensive line. Can that injury hold up? Can he come back at full strength is really the biggest question mark around him, not not anything play-wise. Well, one, and one of the other aspects uh, you know, of playing for the Steelers, I think, this year that's going to um, be beneficial to Larry Ogunjobi and his uh, individual situation is defensive line coach Carl Dunbar is and always has been a big fan of rotations. Yeah. So, you know, he will, he will, um, you know, rotate guys in and out. I mean, often there will be six defensive linemen uh, with a helmet on game day, excuse me, and, um, and they'll, they'll all get a chance to play. So, you know, the guys like Isaiah Loudermilk and uh, DeMarvin Leal and, uh, Henry Mondo and um, you know some of these people are uh, important as well because they have to be able to hold up their end so that the rotation system can continue and you know and it's not uh, it's not something where there's a gigantic drop off when you take out your three or four best players and now you're not going to take them all out at the same time of course but you, you get what I mean. Uh, you don't. You want to maintain some sort of some sort of consistent level of performance that's above the line, where you can then uh, save some of these guys for the latter parts of games, and then get from them what you need at those parts of the games, and then you know continue to do that over the course of a season where you're not asking three guys to play a thousand snaps each, because at that size, physical size. You know, that's a lot of pounding on a body. And, you know, when you're talking about a Liz Frank injury, um, you know, the, the different kind of playing surfaces that are in the NFL, even some of the grass fields aren't necessarily as good as some of the other grass fields. And so, you know, trying to do some different things to protect your own guys without compromising um, the, the overall success of the unit is very important. And so, you know, again, I think for Larry Ogunjobi to come to a team with a defensive line coach like Carl Dunbar, who is in favor of that, and a head coach like Mike Tomlin, who allows that kind of thing to, to go on, uh, I think will help him. We're going to take a look at some more things to look forward to in Steelers-Jaguars on Saturday night on the other side of the break. Did Tucker. you just say Jaguars? Oh, I'm sorry. Steelers-Jacksonville. Get... Steelers-Jacksonville. I avoid saying it Jaguars. just because of that. <laughs> Steelers-Jacksonville Saturday night. A lot of things to look forward to still. Because those people do not like Jaguars. They don't, right? Like They have a really weird no, vendetta they... against that. You're right. You'd think you were calling them Yins. You know? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Steelers, Go ahead, Jaguars, is that right? <laughs> Wrong? Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. We'll keep talking about some things to look forward to, including the running back position. That's on the way as we wrap things up on the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the training camp report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. 
Wrapping things up here on the training camp report, giving you some things to look forward to in Jacksonville on Saturday night's game, Steelers and Jacksonville, 7 p.m. kickoff there. Labs, I'm looking at the running back room again. Strong showings against Seattle from Anthony McFarlane and Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren did fumble the football, though, and Tomlin made sure to make note of that after the game as pretty much his biggest takeaway from Warren's performance. But those two played pretty well. You're going to see Benny Snell for sure against the Jaguars. He played practice, or he practiced yesterday again for the second full straight day, so he's worked himself back into the fold. Maybe you see number 22 for a carrier, too. I know Najee said he definitely wants to play. I don't think it's really up to him, to be honest, but maybe we see him get a carrier, too. But I'm really looking forward to those three behind him, Snell and then McFarlane and Warren, and seeing if those two can build off of their strong debuts against Seattle. Yeah, there's going to be that plus, again, um, whoever that is, whoever they are, because I believe there will be more than one of those guys that you just mentioned kept. Um, they got to they got to contribute something on special teams. Yeah. You know, Benny Snell is, has shown himself to be a guy who uh, does makes tackles on in kickoff coverage. So, um, you know, that's valuable. Anthony McFarland is listed on the depth chart as a backup returner. Um, now, what I noticed <clears throat> this past week was that Jalen Warren was taking some snaps with the punt team as the personal protector. That's right. Now, that's the guy who stands in front of the punter. He sets the coverage or sets the protection, excuse me, sex, sets the protection and then, um, you know, calls for the snap. And then he's like the last line of defense. Should anyone break through or there be any leakage? Uh, in the in the uh, protection up front, pretty important job. So, I'd say. yeah, you can't you can't mess it up because if you call the protection the wrong way, uh, the the kick gets blocked, and it's nobody's really fault but your own. Yeah. Because if you're not accounting for you know the numbers on each side of the long snapper, or a lot of times teams that are trying to block a punt will make a change right before um, the, the ball is snapped. So you have to, I don't know, you have to kind of know what uh, the opponent likes to do in that aspect. So there's film study involved there, time spent with Danny Smith. you got to listen to what he says and remember it. Um, and then there's the, also the execution of it once you're on the field. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not an insignificant uh, job to have. And uh, I don't know that it's one that's going to be given to someone lightly either. You know, let's 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 make this backup running back the personal protector on the punt team because that'll help us keep them on the roster. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't no. work that way. So, uh, you know, these the, these games are important for you know more reasons than just how you look carrying the ball for these guys who are looking for those backup uh, roster spots at running back. Another thing offensively that I'm looking forward to, and this is kind of more of an if, we'll get maybe a little bit more information from Coach Tomlin at 1130 when he has his press conference before the Jacksonville game on who's going to play, how how long starters are going to play, and whatnot. But if the the weaponry uh, uh, on offense is at full strength, and more so in the passing game, so pretend not we don't care if 22 plays or not, but Fryermuth, Deontay, Claypool, Pickens, Mitch had a really good opening drive against the Seattle Seahawks last Saturday, and he didn't have a lot of his big dogs out there on offense. Again, we don't know if we'll see that full arsenal just yet against Jacksonville, but I really do hope we do, at least for one series. I want to see what Mitch can do, game action with all of his weaponry on the field. 
Well, the other thing that, that is going to be a factor uh, on Saturday night is you're playing on the road, and there is a difference in the NFL home versus the road, and what, by that I mean it can create some communication issues. Now, when Ramon Foster was the Steelers' starting left guard, uh, the way the Steelers would operate out of the silent count with Ben in the shotgun was, you know, Ben would uh, lift his one leg and it would right. either start motion or would begin the count. And, you know, Ramon Foster would slap Pouncey on the side of his leg yep. so that now, okay, now the count's starting and everybody in their head, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, or would, however they would do that to know if it was on one or on two or, you know, whatever. And then the ball would be snapped. So this is... That, you know, it's a it's a different procedure a little bit now because you're you're having two guys compete for one job at left guard. So what I have noticed in practice is that job of kind of starting the metronome is James Daniels. Mm -hmm. He's the right guard, and you know he makes a motion with his arm uh, that starts the clock. Now his responsibility beyond getting the timing right is. You can't make a move, a quick move, that might be interpreted by the officials as a false start. So, you know, you're actually moved. They do allow, the the rules allow this kind of uh, movement in the line to uh, facilitate communication uh, when the crowd noise is loud. So, but you have to do it correctly. So, you know, there's that. You don't want a lot of stupid false start penalties that are putting you behind the chains. And then, you know, there's uh, other things that getting the whatever, if there's audibles or, um, you know, little secret communication between the quarterback and the receivers who are split wide, those kinds of things. I mean, getting this all accomplished correctly within the time that's allotted on the play clock is something that's, you know, teams work on. Um, so... That's another thing to watch a little bit on Saturday night, not only for when you're judging the offense as a whole, but also the quarterback. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about Kenny Pickett getting more varsity snaps or in varsity situations. Well, that's one of them. You know, are they burning timeouts? Are there delays of game? Are there, you know, false starts or, you know, um, illegal formations or, you know, that, that all that kind of pre-snap stuff that can make a coach lose his mind? Uh, and just sabotage the performance of the offense before it really even has a chance to get going. So, you know, there are – I don't know how uh, filled the stands are going to be in Jacksonville. I don't know how um, boisterous the crowd is going to be. But, you know, it's not going to be the – certainly not the controlled environment that um, these guys have been used to here at Latrobe. I'm also hoping to see number six let go some boomers in the special teams game. You know, you talked up his practice yesterday and how impressive he was punting the football. I want to see it against another uh, pair of laundry. You know, I want to see him play, do that against a different team in a visiting stadium, like you said, a, a more of a hostile environment. You know, it's great that he had that great practice, but we, we need to see him translate that to an actual game situation. Right. And he'll be using K balls tomorrow night, too. Right. Not not, not, that, not that the Steelers put their footballs in the dryer or anything <laughs> for the punters, but it also is going to be a situation where, um, you know, the balls are the ones that are shipped directly to whoever the referee is for Saturday night's game, and they'll be waiting for him in a sealed 
um, carton or however they're shipped um, that night when he gets to gets to the stadium and then he will open them. I believe it's in the company of whatever NFL representative has been assigned to the game. I mean, it's they're pretty serious, you know, about preventing this kind of stuff from being tampered with. So, um, yeah, and and then there's it's going to be humidity. Maybe it's going to be wet. Who knows if it'll rain or not. So there are going to be conditions that are going to test uh, special teams. Uh, Christian Kuntz, certainly. Yeah. Um, Presley Harvin when he's punting. Presley Harvin when um, Chris Boswell or Nick Skiba is attempting uh, placement kicks. So, yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of little things that are going to be different potentially Saturday night that, you know, I, I think Mike Tomlin in a way – relishes and looks forward to most of them happening to see who reacts well and who does not. Well, Labs, that's all she wrote for us. That's going to do it for the training camp report at 2022 Steelers training camp. Appreciate you getting up early and, and entertaining me for the past oh, three or so weeks. <laughs> Let me just ask you one question. <laughs> yeah. Um, what color um, uh, vest and tie are you going to wear with your tuxedo when we get the Emmy Award? Black and gold, So of we course. don't clash. I'm going to go okay. black and gold, right. naturally. All right. Maybe a nice little uh, <laughs> red, yellow, and blue pocket square as well, you know, just for a little extra flair. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> try not to clash with you. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back again next Well, you'll be back again next year for sure. It's probably 50-50 on me whether or not they're going to bring me back or not. But that's going to do it for the training camp report. Practice you got today. my vote. <laughs> Practice today is the last one open to the public, so get your butts up to St. Vincent if you want to see the Steelers at training camp. Today is your last chance to do so. Wolf and Starks are in the locker room up next on Steelers Nation Radio. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.